another bittersweet weekend for Ferrari as they dominate Red Bull in their home race. Charlie finally gets a victory, a third podium in a row for Sir Lewis, and the FIA hand out penalties like Oprah. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Star Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with one of my closest <laughs> friends. Yancy, how are you doing, my brother? How's it going, guys? Is that what Ruben said? <laughs> 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 uh, we're flying in a missing man formation. Ruben is out on vacation, hopefully enjoying himself. Or No, I can't say hopefully not. That would be messed up. Uh, all right, so... It's me and Yancy. Uh, guys, make sure to follow us social media at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're on all podcast platforms. Make sure to uh, leave a review, a couple of stars if you can. Uh, we're going to jump right into it because it was a busy race weekend. So we're going to start with some news, actually. And it came out of this race weekend, but Vettel handed a suspended 25,000 euro fine for walking out of the driver's briefing. Uh, so Friday, he he had a not great qualifying session on Friday because it was sprint race weekend. Qualifying was on Friday. Uh, during the driver's briefing, got frustrated, got up and left. As a result, and it's hard-coded into the uh, regulations for Formula One. As a result, he was handed a fine, well, warned not to do it, and then handed a fine that is... Suspended. Yes. What does suspended mean? Um, suspended means that they're basically dangling a fine over his head, like the sword of Damocles. Mm. Meaning, wow. Uh, wow. sort of who? Uh, <laughs> meaning that if he has another infraction, so to speak, he will definitely be fined the 25,000. Is it 25,000 euros? Yeah. 25,000 euros. Um, you know they're almost one to one right now. The euro on the dollar is crazy. it really? Yeah, Holy crazy, shit. insane. How times have changed. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So if he doesn't have another infraction within the year, uh, he won't be fined the twenty five thousand dollars. But if he does do it again, he'll definitely be t- fined the twenty five thousand euro suspended fine. I've never heard of that before, but I guess yeah. You know, I mean, it, it seems like they wanted to fine him, and then he spoke and apologized to the stewards. Uh, and um, the race director, so they suspended it, on, and then they said, just don't do it again. Um, yeah, the reason why is the reason why, the reason why he was so upset is the same reason a lot of drivers and us fans are upset just with the entire stewarding and officiating of race weekends. Instead of one race director, we have two. And they switch off whenever they can. Instead of a set team of stewards for each race, we have different stewards each weekend. So the rules from one race to another can not only not only the rules or uh, dra- can drastically change, but also the interpretation of mm-hmm. the rules in cha- can change. Mm-hmm. And it. This is the same reason why we had that debacle in Abu Dhabi last year with Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. and Max Verstappen. Um, and it doesn't seem to be getting better. Nope. And, only getting worse. And the drivers are extremely frustrated. And I guess Vettel is the embodiment of the frustration that not only the drivers feel, but the teams and the fans as well with the FIA. Not only is there race to race is right because like last race to this race, what a change in stewarding and uh, and we saw it. And we saw it um, with the but, amount of penalties that were just you, you know, get a penalty, you get a penalty, it's like salt base sprinkling penalties. <laughs> so look, he is, I believe he's still part of the board of the GPDA Grand yeah, Prix he's Drivers. One of the two drivers, him yeah, and George, George Russell. Russell. You. Um, 
part of the reason that he got the penalty was because he has to set an example for younger drivers, etc. So you have to control yourself. We've seen at times drivers, including Sebastian Vettel, not be able to control themselves and cause potential safety issues in, in races. And this is just, this should have been more manageable during a debrief. So I don't know. Well, well deserved. Maybe he should have just gotten the fine, not this whole suspended crap, just to set the example. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah, you can't. I mean, he may be right, or we may agree with him, but there is a, a certain level of decorum that you must have uh, when you deal with things like this. And honestly, getting mad and storming out is not the way to deal with things. Congratulations. You played yourself. So, all right, moving on. Dude. What was it last year? It was the f- the flexi wing, the flexi bla- uh, back wing. Now it's a flexi floor issue. So obviously we have some issues with the porpoising. The ba- Let's just call it bouncing because I hate the term porpoising. Let's just call it bouncing. <laughs> with the bouncing for, you know, most pronounced uh, Mercedes. But throughout the whole grid, you know, the cars are bouncing up and down. The FIA ahead of Silverstone wanted to make a change to the rules which would make a change to the floor to eliminate some of the oscillating by by improving flexion in the floor by introducing more flexion no 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 by eliminating okay the 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 flex the flex so to speak so the way the rules are written the way they are defined within the rules based on the new agreement is that the front part of the plank that the driver sits on can flex a certain amount. However, it seems like those that wrote the rules didn't address, didn't address it that the entire plank has to be that way. So, as any good engineer would in Formula One, you're going to find the holes in the regulation and you're going to take advantage of it. So, maybe the front part of the floor is a bit more stiffer because that is what is stated in the regulations. But the back part of the floor flexes a little bit more. And obviously, if you have more flex, if you can make it flex a little bit more down to create more of a high pressure under that car, you get more downforce. Mm -hmm. And the way the rules are written this year is that most of the downforce that these cars generate are on the floor. So that's been the whole brouhaha. Um, The rumors are that the ones that are mostly guilty of this, even though I don't like to use the word guilty mm-hmm. because it's, they didn't do anything wrong. It's just the ways the rules are in is how you interpret it. And it's within the rules have been Red Bull and Ferrari. Mm-hmm. The two quickest teams on the grid, top two teams in the constructors championship and in the driver's championship. Mm-hmm. So, um, they obviously they're trying to come. This is where this whole metric comes, where you can bounce up and down, and they're trying to introduce it. I think they push it now back to Belgium. Uh, is it yeah? Oh, back to Belgium after the summer break in Spa, where these rule these floors have to be stiffened up to give the teams time. But obviously, there's been a big whole hoopla because I think I think what um, Christian Horner said it the best is. Or pe- people are saying that it's not within the spirit of the rules. Christian Horner said, this is Formula One. What does that mean, yeah. spirit of the rules? Yeah. You write the rules, yeah. we interpret it the way we are. This is Formula One. This is where the biggest innovations come in the history of the sport, is looking for the holes within those regulations. The double diffuser mm-hmm. is probably the latest example. Mm-hmm. Um, Mercedes with the DAS, even though they X that out. Yep. Um, that would have been cool. That would have been crazy. The fan car. Yeah, the, yeah, fan, the car. fan car. The 
the Terrell six, the six wheel wheels car. cars. So like, there's so many examples of like teams just coming up with <laughs> ingenious ways of of just making these cars go faster. And I hate the fact that anytime anybody finds a loophole, it's reversed back. Yeah. Like you said, it's in the spirit of the rules. It's, no, I'm sorry. It's in the spirit of Formula One to try. It's in the, the spirit of any engineering. Try and find a loophole to try and give yourself an advantage before anybody else could figure it out. Um, and that's why they're winning right now. Anybody else could have figured this out. Like, if, if Haas would have figured it out. Yeah. Like, come on. And now it's like, all right, so now they they do know this. Why can't it just everybody let else, the teams do it? Yeah, everybody else should do it. What 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 seems to be the problem? I don't know. So I I th- this concern with the bouncing came almost primarily from the drivers. Like, yo, we're not going to survive this whole season. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to really be like, oh, you know, Mercedes or whoever is pointing out, oh, you guys, sh- they should investigate Red Bull and Ferrari's floors, but. It it just sucks that it has to come to to this where they figured out a good way to resolve not just the bouncing but to get better downforce, and now they're being affected because, quote unquote, not in the spirit of the rules. It's it's stupid to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think and and honestly, we we did see a bit of this every time you know you know the last two seasons with Red Bull complaining about Mercedes, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, they weren't you know major rule changes that were technical directives. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I think at some point it's like, what? when do... It doesn't seem like it's Formula One if you don't let teams do this. Right? What's the point of a constructor's champion? Well, I mean, the old saying is, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? But and you... granted, you don't want people to cheat but like once you start pushing on the rules that's what kind of determines okay you're right but this is now going to be the new rule I, well, I guess that's what they're doing right now to be honest with you yeah i don't know it, it's 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 such a weird um place to be in because it's like there's no right or wrong answer to it the right answer is just let them race let them race yeah this is motor racing total <laughs> and on that note guys gentlemen a short view back to the past 30 years ago Nicky Lada no I'm kidding alright so on, say to- yeah so your overall thoughts on the race weekend I'll go second your thoughts on the race weekend uh, it's bittersweet for me um as usual one we forgot the was the sprint race weekend yeah, my bad <laughs> but uh but we all forgot, so it's fine. Blame us all. But it was a jam-packed race weekend. Um, after the sprint race, even though Max won, Ferrari seemed very confident in their pace. Which was weird. Yeah. Because they, they had lost the qualifying. They had mm-hmm. lost the sprint race, and it's like they were still confident. To me, I was taken aback, but then we saw the results on Sunday. It It just seems like... They've switched gears in instead of focusing on qualifying, they focus on the long haul where you score points, which mm-hmm. is Sunday. Um, obviously, the sprint race it was weird because when Max got ahead, Max got ahead, but it's towards the end of the sprint race, you saw that the Ferraris were closing in mm-hmm. on Max and. We thought maybe it was because Max was backing off. He was so far ahead. It could be that, or it could have been that the Ferraris were really quick and they eventually mm. would have caught him. But it was impossible to tell at the time. At that time, yeah, because it's such a short race. Yep. Um, and they also didn't expect it. They were expecting a one-stop race, but this actually became a two- or three-stop race. Which was crazy. Which was crazy because the tires were going off so quick. Um I think overall a positive on my, well, I'm going to say it in my view because I'm a Ferrari fan. A positive in the fact that the Ferraris generally looked a lot quicker than than, than Max and, and Red Bull. Negative because reliability 
popped his ugly head again. Um, and I hope they can get that sorted out. And also, with Perez retiring, it was another missed opportunity for them to really gain on Red Bull in the Constructors and Drivers Championship. 100%. Yeah. I thought I thought that it was... Ferrari's pace was very surprising on Sunday, but I thought everybody's pace was very surprising on Sunday. I I was so shocked to see uh, the Mercedes challenging. I was shocked to see um, the Alpines versus the Haases versus the Alfa Romeos, in particular seeing both Haases up fighting for top six spots. It was just, it was unbelievable to see. And it's like, holy crap, is it because it's a short track that we're seeing this kind of variability? Or is it, I, I don't know. It, are these teams really closing in on each other? We know that the Haas has not um, improved their car at all via upgrades. But it was just one of those races where it was like, this is what we could be seeing for the rest of the year. I think what you're seeing is Haas has finally... It's much like what you saw last year with um, AlphaTauri, that they're finally living up to the potential that the car has. The two drivers are driving great. Mick Schumacher has been dude, driving dude, amazing we'll get, we'll get the him. past few weeks. We'll get to him. Yeah, and um, we have a genuine fight in the midfield. Like, this is going to be... Yes. We got 10 races left. It's going to be a fight to the end, man. All right, so qualifying eight hundredths of a second separated for Q3... Max Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, which to me was, and Max said it. Max said it after the qualifying session. He said, "You know, it's it's interesting that we, you know, were able to squeak this out because we tend to see that Ferrari focuses a lot on on the qualifying and getting the pole position, or or maybe he said it in reverse that we don't focus on on the qualifying, which is exactly what Yancey just said. Mm-hmm. That maybe it's kind of a shift in, in their line of thinking." Uh, Lewis Hamilton. It was a, uh, a his crash was not as bad, luckily. Yeah, the car was not too severely damaged. We were able to use it the next day. Surprising, he went off though. Very surprising, especially the way that that he the, did the go way off. he did. Yeah, it was. I think the last time he went he went off like that was probably in Brazil. Yep, a few years ago. Yep. Um, it's that's how good he is. It's just that he doesn't make mistakes. So where, where you're like, oh, Ferrari, uh, Brazil, a few years ago. That's yeah. I mean, it's like he doesn't. He does. He does not do that. So what I wanted to talk about here was the crowd reaction. How? Uh, so Lewis crashes, and okay, yeah, I understand that you are fans of Max Verstappen. They're not even fighting each other this year. Like it was. It was crazy to see the crowd erupt in such jubilation at somebody crashing the way that uh, Lewis Hamilton did. Even Martin Brundle brought up like that. He felt it was disappointing to see the fans react. And then I don't remember what exactly, I didn't check what they did, but then I think from Saturday into Sunday or yeah, Saturday into Sunday before the race, there were some crowds that had to get some, some crowd attendees, some race attendees that had to get their tickets revoked for. Well, that's the thing they didn't. Get, I don't think they got their tickets revoked. I think there wasn't. What was disappointing about that whole situation? There was one. There was a, a female fan who was wearing um, Mercedes gear. Yes, she was, a, a, yeah. uh, she, she was wearing Lewis Hamilton gear, and they were berating her and you know calling her types of names. They lifted up her skirt. Um, it was just disgusting. Like the things that were that just came out. Um, I think that the disappointment comes with Formula One is that they can they bring out a statement, they just say a statement, but they're not kicking people out or they're not kicking people out for life. Um, listen, we're fans. We all have our drivers and teams that we support. Um, but we got to respect each other. Um, and... Doing things like that is absolutely disgusting. And I don't... It just seems like it's coming from one camp. And it's the quote-unquote Orange Army. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the fact that there was cheers after a driver crashed into the barrier, I didn't sit well with me. And I'm just that's just being mm-hmm. being nice about it. it. That that shouldn't happen. I mean, we've seen what can happen mm-hmm. last week with Joe. Yep. Uh, we've seen drivers die as a result die as of their a result. injuries. Yeah. We've seen some nasty crashes. We've seen Marcus Harrison. I remember Marcus Harrison going off. I think it was in Imola um, where he just rolled over, I don't know, like 20 times. Yeah, we've seen Grosjean. Grosjean, you know, walk out of fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are serious impacts. Uh, any normal human being would just be absolutely winded, if not maybe killed. This is not something to cheer about. Um, yeah, overall disgusting behavior. Overall disgusting behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll leave it right there because mm-hmm. there's not really... There's not really much else to say, to yeah. be honest with you. So we saw during the qualifying session on Friday, we saw a lot, a lot of time deletions based on running out outside of track limits. So... The week before, there was a, there was some controversy because track limits may or may not have been obeyed to the degree that they should have been in Silverstone. Here, it's like the complete reverse where everyone's just getting slapped down. And this is not just in qualifying, but we saw it in the race. We saw it in the sprint race. What? Can't we just have a middle ground that's like consistent? I think that's the result of what we spoke about earlier. Different stewards for different race, different race director for different race. There's no consistency. Rules change from one weekend to another. The rule interpretations change from one weekend to another. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, what is going on? There's no consistency, and this is why everybody gets frustrated. Because you can literally take two situations being very similar and be, and be and your penalties are completely different. Yeah. Like, and I'm not sure I was, I watched the F1 live feed because I had a good weekend and I woke up late on Sunday. Boo. No yeah. international feed? No international feed. So I was hearing the F1 live feed. And so I'm not sure if on the international feed, like these, the, the, the time penalties kept popping up on the screen. They did. They did. They did, yeah. And I'm looking at this and I'm like... It's during the race. Like, during the race. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, everybody has time deletion. Like, or you got a lap deleted. I think there was a message to Lewis Hamilton. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Uh, time deleted, like you're in a race. <laughs> uh, everybody's getting a penalty. Black and white flags everywhere. And I'm like, what? Like, this is insane. Um, and you usually, like... We know that this is a fast track. You're going to go off. Mm-hmm. Um, go off, go off the track. So meaning sometimes you're going to have, there's going to be some corners where, uh, all four wheels are outside of the white lines, but I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. And it affected so many people's races. Right. So like, for example, Sergio Perez, just going back to qualifying, Sergio Perez was out in Q2 13th place because of a lap deletion. So like it, it was like they didn't care who it was, they didn't care what they what did. Was, yeah. As long as if they weren't all four wheels on the white line or within the white lines, they were penalized. I just thought it was just a disparity is just kind of weird, and I would also be very upset. Um, you know, in, in Major League Baseball, they always deal with different umpires et cetera, mm-hmm. for strikes and balls, but not not to this degree. This is yeah, but crazy. at least here's the thing when. And this is for us here in the States. At the very least, all four major sports, meaning hockey, baseball, basketball, and football, have a team of officials that they rotate for each game. It's obviously various games. But they all communicate with each other. They have meetings with each other. You know, like you have a certain, there's only like a certain set number of guys and girls that can do this. It seems like in Formula One, they just bring in random people. And I know they're not random, but there is no consistency within the rules of interpretation, with interpretation of the rules, I should say. 
there is no cohesiveness. It just doesn't seem like they work as a team. And when they have to explain themselves as to why they make a decision, there's not one body saying this is what happened. Mm -hmm. It's just what the FIA feel like telling you. So, um, again, this is that same frustration that Vettel had expressed. A lot of drivers have expressed. A lot of fans have expressed. And it doesn't seem to be getting better because this is something that we've been talking about for years. Yeah, at this point. And it's just getting worse. And especially after Abu Dhabi last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as a result of the qualifying, I think we mentioned it earlier at the top of the segment, Max Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, that was the, the order of the top three finishers. Um, sprint race. How's your uh, prediction looking this year? Not too good, man. I'm, I'm hurting. Yeah. I'm hurting. We got 10 races left. And Charlie has how many? I don't even know anymore. I'm I'm upset. I may already be out of the running. He has to do ten. You I think he has to like be perfect the rest of the you way. You think he can do ten? I think he could. I think he could. I'm uh, forever an optimist. I hope he can. <laughs> <laughs> so, so listen, the sprint race uh, was Aust- was Austria the perfect venue for this? Because I this was a very entertaining sprint race. Yeah. So aside from, yeah, whatever, Max Verstappen kind of just raced off into the distance, into the distance, whatever that's going to happen. We saw a lot of battles down the field. We saw the two Ferraris fighting each other, which obviously as a Ferrari fan, you never want to see, but it's fighting at the top, which is good. We saw Mick. What's up? To kind of get that lead, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, then we also saw Mick Schumacher. Kind of coming into his own, like maybe riding the high off of getting points last week for the first time, battling Lewis Hamilton. Another Schumacher Hamilton battle, there crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what well, what did you think? Was is this a good track for this type of situation? Yeah, I think that uh, this is the first time they had a sprint race here, right? Correct. So I think this track, which is a fast track, mostly. High speed to medium speed corners. Not really any slow speed corners. Um, Suits sprint race as well. I think this year we're going to get a mix of tracks where we have low speed corners and high speed corners to see where, uh, where the sprint races work better. But I think this one in particular, and it, the fact that it's a short track too, suits the format very well. And that's why I think we were able to get um, some entertaining battles, not necessarily at the front, but up and down the first eight spots where the points are awarded. And we saw that translate to the race, too. Uh, And the fact that these cars can follow better. um, Yeah, I think that the sprint race format is here to stay, to be honest with you. I think they need to figure out something with the DRS, though, to be honest. Why? I'm just hearing too many things of like DRS trains during these yeah, races, man. So maybe it allows the cars to stay closer to each other, but it doesn't allow them to overtake. And don't you want them to overtake? I I do, but what would be the solution? Push the pass, like. The reason is it, the reason that we're getting DRS trains is because it's close racing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've 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 wrestled with this, with this thought, uh, this entire weekend. I'm like, okay, so, and I don't have a, an answer to this. I'm just saying this is my thought process. So, we're getting a ton of DRS trains, which we don't we don't want to see, but you want it. You don't want it, but you want it. You yeah, that's the whole thing. Right. You because you want it because you at least you have a chance to overtake. Correct. Before there was no chance to overtake. Right, because the cars were so far apart because they you, couldn't follow. Yeah, but you don't want it because, if especially if it's a car that just doesn't have the pace, it can stay close, but it can never, but it can never overtake. But then you're compromising cars, faster cars that are potentially behind. So, it, yeah, it, 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 I'm wrestling with it. It's... I think a lot of people are. <laughs> I think I'm not the only one. I'm just vocalizing mm-hmm. it. 
but I don't know the answer to it. I'm I'm still up in the air. I think maybe we got to see more races. No, I think that we're good. As long as they're close, we're good. So, uh, the end result was Max getting the eight points, winning first place. Charles Leclerc being second, seven points. Carlos Sainz third, six points, and George Russell fourth, back in form, in his five points, and then Hamilton following. Uh, so, there's that. <sighs> Paris being so affected by uh, the lap time deletion. I'm sorry, it wasn't Russell. It wasn't Hamilton after Russell. It was Perez after Russell. But it didn't allow him to fight in that top group. But, you know, whatever. He still gets four points. He's able to make something out of the day. The race itself, so we had a number of people that were affected, or a number of drivers that were affected by engine issues. And I wanted to specifically talk about this because, so Boras was affected uh, he had to start with from the pit lane because of a fresh power unit. Um, and then Fernando Alonso had taken his fifth power unit of the season, so he's also uh, starting from the pit lane. During the race, we saw once again a Ferrari car being affected via his engine slash power unit failing. At some point, probably next race, Carlos Sainz is going to have to take a penalty. realistically so it's it's not a big difference as far as as far as the constructors points it's only 56 points but realistically how how close do you see for ferrari getting and can they overtake red bull with these engine reliability issues as it stands right now no but so it's a two-part question as it stands right now no how close and potentially do you see mercedes overtaking ferrari in the constructors championship mercedes is down 66 points i don't see it unless these new rules that they're going to change with the flexible floor Mm -hmm. make a big difference that's the only caveat That'll all of a sudden it'll bring Mercedes to the front, challenging Red Bull mm-hmm. and um, and Ferrari, and we know that they definitely have the drivers capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, on raw pace, the way I see it now, nobody's touching Red Bull or Ferrari. Nobody. Again, the only caveat would be if these new rule changes with the floor come into effect and it drastically affects Red Bull and Ferrari in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what we saw last year, we've seen drastic changes in the championship lead. But last year was Red Bull and Mercedes. We don't know what... We have 10 races left. We don't know what can happen. Who's going to DNF? Who's going to be quicker? Again, it looks like Ferrari is switching their focus on making sure that they're quick on race day instead of out-qualifying them. Which I think it's smart because honestly... Compared, you're comparing this season to the previous seasons before, the previous cars really couldn't overtake. It was really hard to overtake. So track position, getting track position via qualifying was more important. It seems like this year, since you can follow closer, you don't necessarily have to out-qualify because you can overtake on track, depending on the track, obviously. And we saw we saw that this um, weekend. This weekend. Um, and it also didn't help that the tires degrade. Well, the Red Bulls weren't as good on the tires as the Ferraris were because, obviously, Charles Leclerc overtook Max Verstappen, I think, three times. Three times. On track. 
Legitimately. So, um, yeah. Uh, I right now, but as far as like pecking order, I don't see anyone fighting anybody coming up fighting Ferrari and Red Bull. I think they're in a league of their own, unless the rules uh will change that. I think you have more of a fight in the midfield with Alpine, Mercedes, and McLaren. We'll get to that. But yeah. so I'm I'm gonna break it down this way. Charles Leclerc scored twenty five points by himself. Carlos Sainz outscored zero points. Third and fourth place for Mercedes, twenty seven total points. Mm-hmm. So it's like a two point that they gained, but then they also lost on the sprint race. So yeah. They ended up losing points to Ferrari on the whole weekend. So Mercedes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Catching up to them is going to be a very, very tall order. The end result for the race, Charles Leclerc wins the race by just dominating on track. Uh, Max Verstappen second, Lewis Hamilton third, and um, George Russell fourth. Hamilton's on four. Three Dude, podiums in a row. I... I uh, I wonder where that car is going to be at the end of the year, and will they be challenging for race wins? I think Lewis Hamilton are going to race win this year. I'm still predicting that. Okay. At least one. Okay. I think it'll take a lot of issues with the two front runners. So, Leclerc. We've seen it happen to both cars. Yeah. You know? Leclerc domination. Uh, Three overtakes of Max Verstappen, the reigning world champion on track. It wasn't any pit stop chicane or not chicanery, tomfoolery. <laughs> chicanery. Chicanery. It wasn't any pit stop tomfoolery. It was straight on track overtakes. Um, I was extremely su- surprised by Ferrari's pace Sunday based on the results on Saturday and Friday. It here's the thing, in that it, it wasn't just Leclerc. Like usually it's like, all right, Leclerc is a lot quicker. Max is a lot quicker. They're racing each other. You can see that that car was just super quick this weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if uh, Sainz's engine did not blow, he was going to overtake Max easily. There wasn't. A, they were a, a second and a half, a second to a second and a half quicker each lap. Faster than Max at that point in the race. Both Ferraris were. That's, to me, that's unreal. Um, that's extra, like that's insane. Like you, I mean, especially in Formula, that's a long time. Um, I, I think that maybe it has in part to do that Red Bull got it wrong with the tires, mm-hmm. with, the, with the setup. However... It's still a, I mean, even if they get it wrong, do they get it that wrong? Mm, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. Uh, I don't, so I don't know if it is weird because we had two practice sessions separated by the qualifying. So it'll open itself up. These are a newer, obviously still we're working on a newly introduced tire. So the teams aren't fully used to it. Yeah. What to me is more impressive is that Ferrari got it right. Ferrari got it right all weekend on strategy, on too. strategy, and on strategy, and just their whole tire situation. Because earlier in the year, I remember what was it, Miami? Oh, like every freaking race that they've had, they've like gone through tires much quicker than any other uh, team. Yeah. So, Even, uh, but and and the, the the strategy call, what the VSC came out, they brought in both cars. Yeah. Straight away, um, no thinking about it. Well, this. they brought in one car. Well, they couldn't bring in the other. Wasn't car there another? Wasn't there another? Oh no, no, that was the only VSC in the car. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Listen, I can't get, I can't get excited. I can't. Right, because as well as they did, as far as getting the car right, et cetera. Ferrari still Ferrari. They still had the engine problem. So it's like, dude, when you had an almost assured 1-2 walking away. It's two weekends in a row they had an assured 1-2 yeah. and they mess it up. Um, they could have had a 1-2 in Monaco. They mess it up. Um, this 
this weekend in particular, they could have had a one-two and the engine blows. You know, it's just, I can't get excited. I'll get excited when they take the lead. I'll get excited another time. But right now, I can't get excited. Why? Because Max Verstappen still leads 208 to 170 to, to 170 of Charles Leclerc. And then the constructors, they're up by 56 points, yeah. meaning Red Bull is up on Ferrari by 56 points. We have 10 races left. We're halfway through the season. Right. And it's one of those things where Red Bull just kind of has to hang around and wait for Ferrari to implode. Yeah. And it, and honestly, uh, based on Ferrari's track record, especially those seasons where they have competed for the championship, uh, specifically 2017 and 2018, they have imploded. Um. And they have shown signs of doing that again this year. So, again, I am a fan. I support Ferrari. But I am not going to get my hopes up because I don't feel that my emotions can take the yo-yoing. The porpoising, right? Yes. Um, so, okay. So, we did speak about Carlos Sainz um, and the blown engine. But I, I did... And, you know, the potential for engine penalties in the future. I didn't want to talk about the engine blowing itself. That was crazy. Like, the side of the car, like, blew out. Like, it set on fire right away. And then I also wanted to say, again, FIA, what are we doing? It was a yellow flag for so long, so long before the VSC was finally announced. Dude, if, if there is fire on the track, dude, just call a safety car. Like, rule of thumb. Fire safety car. Did they eventually uh, call? No, it was, no, it was just a VSC. But but still, no, no safety car. We've seen cars go off and hit the catch fence. Like you're putting your marshals at risk. You're putting your drivers at risk. You're putting your fans at risk. Do some. Do it the right way. Just rule of thumb. Fire safety car. I don't know. I, I, the thing is that you don't want it to become like NASCAR or IndyCar where they just call safety cars for no reason. Fire is not a no reason. Yeah, I see. I get your point. I just, and maybe I'm being, uh, I'm being greedy and I don't want a safety car because. Well. Because uh, considering the issues that Leclerc had yeah. with his throttle, he probably would have lost the race. Dude. <laughs> you mentioned that meme. <laughs> I'll have to post the meme. By the way, just one other thing on that incident. The the stewards were, ext- I mean, not the stewards, the marshals were really slow to get to signs. They were really, yes, yes, yeah. Everything, everything could, everything was going wrong and it could have went way, way wrong. worse. He was trying to get out of the car. Yes. The car was, was rolling. rolling back on fire. Yes. It was, it was. And they and it seemed like they took forever, and it wasn't like they were like it seemed like the marshals were taking their sweet time just to get there. It was surreal. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. Um, luckily they got it right at the end, but it was just I don't know. It wasn't there wasn't like there wasn't no pep in the step. Like you got the car's on fire, man. The car's on fire. So yeah, I don't know. Um. But yeah, uh, but yeah, no safety car, <laughs> because I think that I mean, we're moving on to that issue. The fact that, uh, yeah, I, I kept seeing Leclerc's radio popped up, and I'm just getting PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna lose it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That was that was insane. What what do you think of that? <laughs> It, it just, the fact that the like it wasn't even it was it was like it was stuck like 20 30 percent throttle going through corners so imagine imagine that that he can't turn on the turn on the turn that Carlos Sainz goes off and then he fucking rams him like come on anything could happen in this sport but I'll digress on safety yeah um with regards to with regards to that uh Kudos to uh, Charles Leclerc for bringing it home the way he did. We've seen Artin Senna 
bring it home in one gear. Yeah. We've seen uh, just like other... stuck in fifth gear. Correct. We've seen other heroic... Uh, what was it? Nigel Mansell that didn't have power steering. Mm-hmm. I, I think... Uh, We've seen other heroic acts. This was a uh, not as heroic, but you know it was very commendable. Um, but on the whole PTSD thing, it's been this way since Bahrain of 2019, when Charles Leclerc was on track to win this race, and then he loses power, goes on the radio, no power, and goes on to become a, a Lewis Hamilton win. But uh, it, I'm I'm just glad I'm not a Ferrari fan. It must feel like being a Giants fan, but at least you have hope. I How have about no we hope. Just don't put Leclerc radio on TV. No, they want to give the people the shock. Okay, <laughs> nothing scares me but that. So, track limit penalties. We talked about it earlier with time deletions. Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Sebastian Vettel, and Yuki Tsunoda all received five second time penalties for repeated offenses. Lewis Hamilton was shown a black and white flag, and Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen both had two breaches to their credit. Uh, Lando Norris says that sixth place was within uh, sight. Uh, if he did not get that uh, six-second penalty, he ended up finishing seventh behind Mick Schumacher. Can you believe him? You got a five-second penalty? You got a five-second penalty. So six. He could have finished sixth. Oh, okay, okay. If he okay. did not get that five-second penalty. Gotcha. It goes back to exactly what we talked about earlier. Just need some consistency. Just wanted to bring it up just to state, okay, all these guys got freaking penalties. And, uh, it's good it's, for Mick, though. Shit. Great for Mick. But um, it's one of those things where like uh, the issue was brought up last week by Fernando Alonso, and you know that if it's not addressed, he's just going to go off. Go off. He's going to do what he, what he believes can be done within the rules. So the wheel-to-wheel racing action during this race, um, we saw a fivesome fight. We saw Magnussen, Bottas, Alonso, Schumacher, and Norris. Literally all five. It was like watching Birds Flying South, the formation that they were in. It was a two, two cars up front, Alonso in the middle, and then two cars behind them. They were going two abreast through multiple turns and obviously just jockeying back and forth. It was um, extremely entertaining and a true testament to what the new rules and regulations have allowed in terms of following. Did you think that somebody was going to crash? I'm surprised that they didn't. Yeah, I'm just surprised that they didn't. I I wouldn't have said that, okay, so-and-so is going to crash here. But based on what we saw earlier in the race with... uh, Sergio Perez and George Russell, I thought for sure somebody was going to do something there. If it was Nicholas Latifi in there, he would have crashed. <laughs> he even, no, he he uh, he was out this he race. Was out, yeah. He, was, he started but didn't finish. Mm-hmm. Like, but no, nah, it was, that was fun to watch. And, and I want to see more of that. It's, it, it was, it was very entertaining. They can keep it clean. You know, like you said, three abreast going through corner. You had two in the middle. Like somebody, like you have two cards in the front fighting, and then another one, the third car in the back overtaking, and then they get coming. And it was it was crazy. That was insane. Lando Norris came from all the way back and ended up taking the lead lead. out of all those cars. It was, yeah, it was fun. I I think, but that's what we want to see. Yeah, sign me up for that every race. So we saw a bunch of that last week in which I said that Silverstone was the best race that we have seen in terms of wheel-to-wheel racing mm-hmm. in years. We saw a bunch of that in the sprint race this weekend and then again during the race. Well, one thing I want to mention was uh, Fernando Alonso battling Yoki, Yuki Sonoda. And I think Yuki was trying to overtake him and uh, Alonso defended perfectly. And while he was side by side... While driving, Alonso just gave him <laughs> just like no, no, no. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Like, how do you do that? How good of a driver must you be to do something like that? Is this something that we could expect going forward? I think we have uh, France. Let me just double check that France coming up next. Yeah, France is coming up next. I don't. That's a pretty boring track. I 
Uh, well, I'm not sure what to expect. From it's there. the first time we race in France with the new regulations. Maybe they can follow better. Maybe we'll get something like this. Or I don't think it'll be as good as this because France is a fairly long track. Uh, a lot of straights, a lot of runoff area. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, we'll see. Uh, maybe France will give us a good race, but we're not, I'm not too excited about it. I never have been. <laughs> no, we could tell. Yeah. All right, so we talked about this wheel-to-wheel action in the back. Again, it was Bodas, it was Schumacher, it was Alonso, Lando. Um, can you... Who who comes out on top? Who is so we have Red Bull and Ferrari, and let's just say granted Mercedes has a huge lead over McLaren. Who comes out on top for fourth place? Right now it's McLaren in fourth place with 81, but they're tied with Alpine, also 81. Alfa Romeo has 51, and Haas has 34. But the way that they've been performing lately, you would think that they'll do better going towards the latter half of the season. Who comes out on, on top of that? I'm gonna I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna say I'm very surprised to see McLaren that high. Yeah. Um. Even though McLaren is that high, they're still not as quick as the Mercedes. Yeah, but I'm not saying Mercedes is out of it. Meaning, okay, we're talking about fourth. So again, fourth McLaren, fifth Alpine, sixth Alpha Alpha Romeo, seventh Haas. Current form is going to be Alpine. Uh, McLaren, McLaren. I'm surprised that they're super inconsistent. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're. There's some race weekends where they're quick, and other race weekends where they're not. Um, Obviously, we know the troubles that Daniel Ricciardo is having. Let's just refer to him as the second driver. Wow. Jesus. The second driver. We know that the second driver is having issues. I am not going that disrespectful, but I understand why you're saying that. But Alpine, depending on the track, they're pretty quick as far as midfield is concerned. Obviously, they're not challenging for the top. They're pretty quick. They get points every weekend, and both their drivers are driving lights out. I think that they will be best of the rest, for sure. And honestly... Alpine should be higher, but well, Alonso has had Alonso so has issues. some really issues, really bad luck. They should be way. I think that's why we're surprised seeing McLaren yes. there because Alpine has really done well this season, and they've had some issues, obviously, with Alonso's car. But both drivers are driving well. If you give them a decent car, they're going to bring home points. So it's 81 for McLaren and Alpine, 51 for Alpha, and Haas at 34. Now that Mick Schumacher is scoring points, I don't I don't see Haas finishing last out of that uh, quartet that I just mentioned. No, I, I actually see, I can see I can a see them leapfrogging Alpha, easy. Yeah, I can see, a, I, they could leapfrog them, or you can see a battle between Alpha and Haas for sixth place. Dude, they don't even have any upgrades on the car. No, but it doesn't mean that the upgrades that they bring are going to work. Yeah, we've seen them. <laughs> we've seen, that we've seen them actually before. go backwards with their upgrades. Yeah, right. and Alpha, I mean, I know that they haven't had a, a, you know decent weekends the past few weekends, but their car is quick. And, I mean, Botas is, you know, Botas is Botas. Like, sometimes he can, he can be really good and sometimes he can just be really bad. Um, we haven't seen much of him, but we know that he's a proven point scorer. And Joe seems to be really coming on. Uh, but you can say the same thing about Haas. Mm-hmm. You know, Schumacher's really coming on the last few races. And Kevin Magnuson has been pretty consistent and can bring home points when he's given the opportunity. So I think you, what we're shaping up is a battle. F- I don't even think it's going to be a big battle for fourth between Alpine and McLaren. I think Alpine runs I away. I think with Alpine it. runs away with it. Um, Thank you, Otmar. Yeah, but the the battle between uh, Haas and Alpha, you can see that developing for sixth. Do you see Alpha Tori challenging at all in that? In that? No, they're just they're going backwards. Yeah. So, 
an Aston Martin, but we ain't gonna talk about that. It, it, <laughs> the music is off key. <sighs> so yeah, it's disappointing to see uh, my boy Pierre Gasly not uh, producing in the ways that uh, I would want him to produce. But he didn't even finish. He didn't even finish in the points this this weekend. Um, when do we finally see Williams make some noise? Huh? I felt like I felt like Albon. Whatever. Well, he. The, they have a quote unquote new car that was only the updates were only on Alban's car. We saw him run in tenth place, last points position, uh for a while, but I guess he was I mean, when you're beat when you're with when you're in that fifth, sixth, seventh, there's eighth so spot. Much competition. There's so much competition. You gotta push the car hard. We know that, that Williams is not crazy quick but given the right circumstances Albon can score points for most of the race he ran in 10th place he said that he was obviously fighting way too much and his tires went off and we saw how bad the tires were that's why he dropped down the top but he drove a decent race so um we'll see but yeah Williams only has three points is there anything else to mention for this race weekend. Hmm, I think we mentioned it all, man. Um, I wonder after Sainz's retirement, are we going to see him fall back into the support role for Charles Leclerc? We've seen Leclerc, obviously... Even with wing damage at last race, he was quicker than signs. Clearly quicker than signs this race. Um, at this point, Dude, the, the, he's kind of like I falling said, that's back. That's a great question because this is like a death blow. So yeah. Leclerc is up 37 points on him. 25 of those points came just in this race. Yeah, exactly. And we know that the last five races for Leclerc have just been... Misery. If it, if misery, but it's all it hasn't been his fault. Correct. He's on he's on sure. he's on point. Like he is driving Max Verstappen Lewis Hamilton levels right now. And he almost lost it again because of the clutch issue. Because of the clutch issue. So at this point, I mean, I mentioned to you uh uh during the sprint race, Ferrari will lose this championship. If Leclerc and Sainz keep taking points off yep. of each other, and because yep. of their reliability, yep. you need to get rid of. One I of those. think at some point you got to get rid of one of those. You got to get rid of both of those. But the one that's more in control would be that the racing between Sainz and Leclerc. And if Leclerc is clearly quicker, which we have seen all season, um, you got to start thinking about backing one driver for the championship. It's going to be a bitter pill, but I think that has to start now, and I think that's a very good point. Yeah. The only thing is you have to do it in a safe way. Uh, you've not seen this season, or we've not seen this season, a time where both Sainz and Leclerc are so far ahead of Max that they can make a clean swap like that. Yeah. That that I can think of. Usually it's Max and Leclerc up front and then Sainz behind. So yeah. it's it's almost like... Non-threatening, but the the effects of like a monocle, right? Where you lose a potential, what was it, twenty six points down to twelve? That's mm-hmm. fourteen points right there. Leclerc's only down thirty eight, so that would that would put you within a DNF's range mm-hmm. of taking. And then obviously all the other issues. It's just it's uh, painful to see this title should be a lot closer than what it is. I think it'll get closer, but this should be a lot closer than what it is. Yeah, I mean. We will see uh, what I think we'll see the rest of the season is that Leclerc and Verstappen are driving on a level of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other people that might get into it would be like a Russell or or a Hamilton. Um, but that car is still not quick enough. But 
It's gonna be an interesting season. Ten races down, ten races to go. What is it? What is it? How many races we got? Is it ten races? We have ten races left. We have ten races left. Um. Yeah. All right, so guys, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to leave uh, a comment, a review, a couple stars for us on uh, your favorite podcast platform. Um, It's not race week next week, so make sure to take a break, relax, enjoy time with your families, or enjoy time away from your families, if that fits your boat. Until next time, Ruben will be back next time. Uh, We'll do some In Your F1 Feelings. And uh, some trivia as we look forward to the French Grand Prix home race for Alpine. We'll see you guys next time. Yay. Peace. Peace.